When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Baseball Insiders back from a holiday weekend on a Tuesday. I am Adam Weiner alongside fan side is MLB insider Robert Murray. And no more teams have seen their seasons and since the last time we spoke after the end of the wild card round. But damn, a couple of teams are close. Uh, Robert, I uh, we've got plenty of surprises to sift through. Did you think we'd be here talking about the teams on life support that we're currently dissecting? I can't say I did. Well, first of all, Adam, it's always a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, but what in the world has been going on in these in this postseason series here? And I like there was one team that I thought could have a sh- like a realistic shot of getting upset here um, in this round, and I thought it was the Los Angeles Dodgers. I just didn't expect it to be against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, I thought that was going to be the Milwaukee Brewers are going to be taking a. Uh, or just beating the the Dodgers here, but could have never seen this happening with the Orioles. I think it's a lot of it has to do with how good the Rangers are, but um, crazy that we might have a couple of a hundred win teams here get bounced immediately. Um, but here we're going to dissect it all. Of course, Adam, how you doing my friend? How you doing, dude? Uh, yeah, all that and more the rest versus rust debate, whether it's bad or good for baseball, the hundred win squads go home early. What was the most impressive part of the Braves season saving play last night to end game two of that division series, plus some front office upheaval in New York, Flushing specifically and Houston, a team that is still in the middle of the ALDS. Why is that happening? But if you want to use any of that information and more to fix your betting futures and you don't have a Bet365 account, today's the day because they just dropped a new offer for the MLB postseason as part of a promotion that supports this podcast. New users who register with our code BASEBALLIN, it's right there on the screen, are now eligible to receive $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is deposit $10 and place a $5 wager on any game Once that first bet settles, you'll receive 150 in bonus bets, even if you lose. Just make sure to use the code BASEBALLIN when you sign up. By using our code, you not only receive those $150 in bonuses, but you'll also be directly supporting the show. So if you've not signed up for Bet365, join with the code BASEBALLIN, place that first bet. This offer is available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. And I found my glasses today for the first time since I moved to encourage you all to join the discord. If you haven't the baseball insiders discord, become a member of our YouTube channel, chat with us between shows, plenty of people in there right now, trying to decide if Dave Roberts is uh, in any sort of danger as the Dodger season threatens to end way too soon. 
again, again. This could be a 2022 rerun, could be a 2021 rerun, could be a 2019 podcast. I skipped 2020 for a reason. Nobody knows, but Robert and I will get into that certainly uh, in this episode and in the Discord as well. And where better place to start than uh, that playoff scheduling conversation that the Atlanta Braves appeared to fight uh, uh, pretty hard against yesterday by coming back from 4 nothing down, averting a no-hitter, averting disaster, beating Zach Wheeler, you know, cutting him mid-game, two-run Darno homer, uh, really makes this a, a tight one, and then ultimately Austin Riley delivers the big blow and the Braves defense come through. Um, for some reason, everybody decided to question this playoff format when the Atlanta Braves behemoth had lost one postseason game. A lot of teams go down to 1-0 in series. That is, in fact, normal. But uh, Twitter and baseball and, and analysts in 2023 decided for whatever reason to take a stand this year when it looked like a bunch of solid teams were going to face 1-0 deficits. Um, this is all very silly to me, but I don't know how you feel about this being the dominant conversation early in this very exciting postseason. Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised it's getting this much talk. And it's something that, like, did I think about it at first? Like, even when the postseason, like, was starting? Yeah, I did. Like, is, it's, it's possible for sure to have rust, but the, the degree of it's being discussed now, I think, is way overblown. And... Like you look at you look at the Braves. It's similar thing happened to them last year, where they ended up getting bounced early, um, and then all of a sudden they go down one nothing immediately to the Phillies, and it feels like oh boy, here we go again. And all of a sudden we're having columns coming out saying that um, like the the postseason format should be discussed, and like a five day break is too much. Um, and like, here's the thing: is if the Braves didn't have that five day break there that's there's a shot that max freed isn't ready to pitch in this series or pitch early in the series at least um and like even during the break they were doing different things to try to prepare for that break they were doing like uh full squad games where they'd have half the team on one team and like half the other team or half the team on the other team and they'd face off and try to have like a a scrimmage or something along those lines and i think it's being way overblown um i don't think they should change the format at all Will it suck, though, if, let's say, the Orioles, who won 100-plus games this year, don't make it? Would it suck if the, the Braves don't make it? Would it suck if the Dodgers don't make it? I mean, yeah, I mean, they were really good during the regular season, but that's postseason baseball. It's supposed to be unpredictable. It is unpredictable. And even then, like, let's say, like, those teams are all eliminated. You have the Phillies, who were my sneaky team coming into this postseason to represent it, uh, the National League and the World Series. You'd have the Diamondbacks. There you go. The Phillies right there. Uh, you got. You would have the Rangers, and then you'd have either the Twins or the Astros in this thing. That's still good baseball. Um, so to me, I don't. I don't think they should make any changes. It's just funny that it's, it's the conversation we're having now. It's. It's not like this didn't used to happen. In the, like, look at the the Braves should have won the NL in the '90s every year of the '90s. They didn't. On paper, the Atlanta Braves. And they didn't used to do it offensively so much. It was, you know, Chipper Jones, Andrew, of course, but Smoltz, Maddox, Glavin. These guys will never lose a short series. And then what happened time and again, they lost a short series. I don't remember Maddox or Smoltz saying, and yeah, that was, uh, let's abolish that. Uh, the, the Marlins beat us with LeVon Hernandez. There's something rotten with the format. We got to throw it all out and start over. 
that's just baseball. That's been baseball since mm -hmm. they stopped advancing league winners right to the World Series. We're, we're going on like 60 years of this being baseball. Um, if your powerhouse team can't withstand a five-day break, can't figure out a way to break that rhythm, can't figure out a way to reintroduce your routine, then uh, I don't think you know, you, you're as strong a roster as, as you maybe indicated you were during the regular season. Uh, this is certainly year many in a row of the Dodgers doing exactly this. So is that a formatting problem or is that a Dodgers problem? It certainly kind of feels like a Dodgers issue to me. Oh, 100%. And that's why I posted in the Discord wondering if the Dodgers get swept or if they end up losing this series, should Dave Roberts be let go? I know it's something that's been discussed in recent years when the Dodgers have gotten eliminated in the postseason, but the Dodgers have obviously, uh, they've, they've kept him in place. But I think if they end up getting swept this year, they might have to have themselves a really honest conversation uh, as an organization about what they do at the helm, because this is an extremely important offseason for the Dodgers. And I feel like you can say you've said that, or we've said that quite a bit uh, in recent years, but especially so this year, because all indications are they are going to go all out for Shohei Otani, and you're gonna when you when you sign Otani or when you have this kind of roster full of talent and all this money invested, you want to have the right person at the job, and when you spend all that money, you also expect World Series. You don't expect to get bounced either in the NLCS or even in the NLDS. You expect to go all the way, and um, if they end up getting swept, then I think they have to have that conversation. Do I? That being said, I don't know what they're going to do, though. I genuinely have no clue. That's a very hard organization to predict. They love Dave Roberts. Uh, they've stuck by him in years past when things have not gone well. But this would be a pretty tough exit. This would be a really tough exit. Yeah, let's zero in on the Dodgers because uh, this goes beyond now. I think a lot of us thought, OK, Clayton Kershaw is injured, uh, but the Dodgers are out of options. So the fact that he's starting game one, I don't know if I, I did not have the utmost faith in Clayton Kershaw, but it didn't necessarily shake my faith in the Dodgers winning the series. I didn't think Kershaw would get beat that badly, but I thought they would come back last night and look a little bit more like the regular season team we were used to. Uh, losing last night's game shocked me and sort of sent me into this tailspin. And it's it's rough because what the Dodgers have tried recently is uh, they, they've they had to battle with the Yankees fan-esque complaint of something's wrong here. Maybe it's Roberts. Maybe it's analytics. Like, maybe it's just the core is getting stale or whatever. And so this season, they introduced a whole lot of new players. James Outman is having a rookie of the year type season. Bobby Miller gets called up. All these pitchers get called up. Miguel Rojas and David Peralta are here to provide the non-analytics flair, the gritty traditional baseball, like an article dropped this week that they all take celebratory tequila shots after every series win during the regular season. I think that was Fabian's like they're, they're all like, they're going all in on, on turnover you know, intangibles, tangibles, superstars, rookies. They changed this roster a ton year over year. And if anything, their playoff performance has been worse than last season against San Diego. Um, we may have all seen the Kershaw, you know, a Kershaw loss or a start where he didn't quite look like himself, but I certainly did not see them flatlining worse than previous bad incarnations of the Dodgers in the postseason. 
No, I'm right there with you. Like, because last year when they lost to the to or when they lost to the Padres, that kind of felt like it was rock bottom as far as the postseason. But potentially getting swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks, who won a little over eighty. What was it? Eighty six games was it? And at the end of the season, they came into the playoffs cold. Like, yeah. if, any, if anything, they they got bodied in their last season by Houston, and you you were saying. That's why we all thought the Brewers were going to be able to survive them, even without Brandon Woodruff. It's like, okay, exactly. upstart season, and you came into the playoffs ice cold. So we'll see you next year. But no, yeah, no, and I'll give I'll give the Diamondbacks credit too. Is like, so against the Brewers, the Brewers had plenty of different opportunities on offense to get like runs in that game, but or in those games, but they just did not come through at all. And Evan Longoria played a phenomenal third base in that series, and in this series too, it's like you look at the Dodgers. They're more offensive heavy uh, than pitching. Like pitching is a big time struggle for them right now because they've got Clay Kershaw and a bunch of these young guys, and they've been able to beat them pretty soundly. Um, they've kept their offense relatively in check, um, and their pitching has been a huge issue. And like I think we're at the point now with Clayton Kershaw and like hit the state of his shoulder and just the state of where he's at in his career, where I think retirement's going to have to be a serious option for him because uh, he's as big time of a competitor as it gets and i can't imagine he's happy with how this is playing out especially like the last half of this year uh he just does not look like the old clayton kershaw um which is which is really unfortunate but and then they're also relying on a lot of these young guys and we saw it once again last night they dropped a three spot in the first inning the diamondbacks did i should say yeah and had an early lead and if you give an early lead to zach gallon um that is not a recipe for for success for your team so um yeah it's just it's got the dodgers on the brink and Honestly, I have relatively zero confidence that they're going to be able to get out of this one. It's uh, pretty dire right now. Absolutely. I, I, I'm i stunned by how little confidence I have coming out of game two. They're, they're going to Arizona against an untested playoff opponent. Not really a legendary home field either. Like, I'm sure the fans no. will show up, but I don't think anybody's like, oh, and now they have to win in the snake pit. Are you kidding me? Like, another Dodgers team you would be like okay go on the road face Brandon fought like you'll win game three and then see where you are and I am just I mean Justin in the comments is is a Dodger fan talking about how they were outclassed at this year's and last year's deadline um I have next to no faith in this team and I'm just sort of waiting for the inevitable Clayton Kershaw injury announcement surgery announcement like we might learn the full extent of the shoulder injury and we might learn it soon yeah, oh, for sure. And I'd imagine, um, I, I don't, I don't know what that will all entail, but I'd imagine the guy to follow for that one it would be Andy McCullough, because there's not a, uh, there's not a writer in this country who knows Clayton Kershaw better than Andy. And I'd imagine when that news eventually drops, it'll be through Andy. And uh, yeah, if if this is the end for for Kershaw, uh, one hell of a career for sure, a Hall of Famer one of the best pitchers of my generation or this generation. Um, but just a really sad way for him to go out if this is actually it. Yeah. And nothing about that first inning was accidental. That was all extremely hard contact. I, uh, I mean, other than Kershaw, Justin is asking, you know, what is next uh, other than the Kershaw decision, the Otani conversation, you'd have to imagine they just have to add two top tier starting pitchers this offseason, And then it just goes from there. Yeah, oh, for sure. And like, and the Julio Urias situation complicates things a lot because like, I thought they were going to be in position where they were probably going to be the favorite to re-sign him. Now with his future uncertain, exactly what that's going to look like, um, who do they pursue? Like, 
a Jordan Montgomery type could make a lot of sense there. I've I've wondered for the longest time if they could pursue uh, some of the hometown kids that grew up Dodger fans, and that's Lucas Giolito or even a Jack Flaherty type. Um, obviously, they were connected to Giolito at the deadline, although perhaps it was telling that I think from all the intel I gathered, it was it was Lance Lynn um, who was who was their top target. And Josh W, you you ask a phenomenal question: Could Corbin Burns be a target for the Dodgers? I definitely wouldn't rule it out. I know how much that organ I know how highly that organization thinks of a Willie of Willie Adamas. Obviously, like he struggled this year, Homer like his power production was still there for sure. But um, coming off of a bit of a down year, but if the if the Dodgers could somehow find a way to get a Burns and a and Adamas type in the trade, again, I'm going to say it's more highly unlikely than anything. But the Dodgers explore anything. Um, I mean, they, they obviously they acquired Max Scherzer and Trey Turner a couple of years ago. Who says they can't go out and do it again with Burns and Adamas? I think it's unlikely, but I think that's something they're de- absolutely going to explore. That's I feel relatively confident about that. They need to get Adamas so that in the biggest at-bat of next postseason, they can pinch hit Colton Wong for him. So they definitely need to go and grab him. <laughs> yeah, and, and I also think it's I also think it was really telling. Um, uh, maybe not really telling, but... Uh, Matt Arnold, the Brewers general manager, went on the record today and said that he anticipates Burns being there next year, but that they're going to listen and wouldn't rule anything out. So, hmm, I wonder. I know there's a lot of people in baseball who are eyeing that one up. And if Burns became available, he instantly vaults himself to probably the best pitcher on the market. And you can even you can probably even take the word probably out of that because he's that good. And he's that highly thought of and uh, that highly coveted. And the Brewers could get an absolute haul for him uh, in what is going to be the last year of his contract. That does change everything if he is made available. Uh, The Dodgers are down 0-2 and feel like it's a death rattle there. Uh, The American League also has a 100-plus win team down 0-2. The Baltimore Orioles got hit by the top seed bug, lost both at home lost a squeaker that it felt like they were about to come back against the role Chapman in the eighth and didn't, and then lost a slugfest where they got hit in the mouth. Like the Dodgers did in game one. Uh, they find themselves down Oh two heading to Texas as well. And I don't have a lot of faith in them making noise there either. I think the Dodgers could win game three of their series. I don't know if the Orioles have a shot to even extend this. Um, we asked last series, is it more about the Rays or the Rangers? For you, is this more about the Orioles coming up far too short and continuing the offensive malaise they showed in the last two weeks of the regular season? Or is it about Evan Carter with the patience of a veteran changing the Rangers' calculus in August out of nowhere and the Rangers' excellent pitching depth carrying them through to an ALCS berth that seemed faded at one point, then faded away as they almost choked away their postseason appearance altogether. And now that Carter has helped settle that lineup and lengthen it, it's kind of like, all right, this is a juggernaut. And Bruce Bochy is, like we said a while back, probably the best manager in the postseason. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, we said it before, and I'll say it again. Bochy is absolutely the best manager in this postseason. And I think it, I think it has to say, I think it says more about the Rangers than it does the Orioles at this point. Cause if you look at, if you look at the Orioles, they're obviously extremely talented and they're young, they're good. 
like the, in the regular season, they showed just how high their ceiling was, but they're a team that still needs to learn to win. And I think this off season, if anything is proven that they could probably use a couple of more veteran leaders in that clubhouse to kind of teach that or show that team how to win. And um, especially in the postseason, cause it's a different beast. And if you look at the Rangers, they have a hall of fame manager, they have excellent like veterans in that rotation. They have good, obviously extremely good hitters and Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon leading that offense. Then you have the emergence of Evan Carter. And I think that team has just done a masterful job in getting to this point. And they've done it without Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer, which says a whole lot. And I, I wonder what this team would look like with both of those guys. Cause I mean, we're talking about, man, just, it would be completely stacked. Um, and they showed flashes of this during the regular season for sure. They were obviously like they struggled uh, at various points later in the season. And it was to the point where we were even questioning whether or not they'd make it to the postseason. And now they are one win away from the ALCS. And at this point, if they end up getting through the Orioles, they look like a surefire favorite to represent the American League in the World Series. And let's just say, like, it's my guess is it's either going to be for a World Series Rangers in the AL against either the Braves or the Phillies. I think the winner of that series ultimately represents a National League in the World Series. We're talking about a damn good series right there, a really good series. My guess as of right now, we know how our predictions have gone. It's no bueno, um, but I'll, I'll do it again. I'm going with the Phillies and Rangers, and that would be an extremely exciting series. But, man, not to not to look too far ahead, but I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. That Phillies Braves series is freaking awesome. I absolutely love That's great baseball. It's great baseball. Yeah, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Phillies Braves because I uh, look. I honestly don't have much to say about Twins Astros, and, and Game Three is coming up in a couple yep. of minutes here. Um, I mean, shout out to Pablo Lopez. That is a want to see some dog in him. That is a road victory when it looked like Jordan Alvarez could not be stopped. That series is doing much more than I thought it would. I wouldn't count out the Twins at all. But again, I can't bet against the Astros. Until I see them go down, I am not going to say the Houston Astros are cooked. So we'll know much more about that after pivot game three in just a little bit. I kind of expect that to go five. Um, but again, Astros and four would not shock me. Phillies Braves, uh, the play of the postseason yesterday. And I'm glad you said that you still have the Phillies in the World Series because something about them, man, they got kicked in the teeth yesterday. And I still... That did not shake my faith in them. I was just like, what a, what a Braves performance. They got up off the mat. They made this a series, but it's not just the home field advantage. Nick Cassiano said it. He basically was like, that stings, and I'm glad it stings because we're not going to let that derail us. And I I believe in the mojo and the Phillies' ability to, sh- to shake off previous losses more than yeah. any other playoff team. And, and I just I continue to believe in them, even if it goes to five and back to Truist Park. Yeah, I, I am right there with you. And I think the perfect example of that is if you look at the last year when they played the Padres, there was a game early in that series. I can't remember if it was game two or what, but they got their teeth kicked. Yeah. yeah, and they bounced back immediately and overcame that and ultimately won the series. And I think that says a lot about that team last year. And if you look at this team, obviously there's some differences for sure, but like the core of it is relatively the same. I, I mean, I think the Braves are better this year than the Padres were last year. So it's going to be a tougher thing to overcome, but 
I think they're going to do it. I honestly do. And, and having two games in Philadelphia in that's in that environment, which is, I think Jeff Passett of ESPN said it really well, that it's an sec type environment in Philly. And that's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. Um, but I, I, I think Braves are going to be a tough opponent, but I think the Phillies are ultimately going to pull through here and, and win the series. Yeah, the 104-win Braves with the 1927 Yankees offense could absolutely win this series, but I would still view that as a slight upset if they are able to take down this Phillies team. And you're 100% right. I think a lot of people lost it in the in the World Series run last year. Game two of the NLCS in San Diego, Phillies lead one game to none on the road. They took a 4-0 lead in the second inning, and no, they didn't carry it quite as long as they did yesterday. But the Padres cut it to 4-2 in the second. It's 4-2 going into the fifth. That's when the wheels fell off. Austin Nola on Aaron Nola crime, all that stuff. And uh, ultimately an 8-5 win for the Padres and a game that you would call devastating if you didn't know that the Phillies went on to win games 3, 4, and 5 in that series. I completely trust the leadership of that team, the medal they've shown. And uh, look, it doesn't get more dramatic than what we saw last night. I'm having a hard time picking between Michael Harris's play in center and the Austin Riley overthrown cutoff running into the middle of the field, tossed to first. I, I honestly think the Riley backup was more impressive. I don't know how you feel, but uh, that is a hallmark, you know, Sterling print it out, frame it postseason win. If the Braves were looking for a spark, they just got it. And I still think the Phillies win this series. Yeah, I, I still think they do too. And I'll tell you that that Riley backup was extremely like it's imp- it was extremely impressive. And that's about as high of a baseball IQ play as you could possibly imagine. I think that's going to end up being kind of overlooked. Um, and when you look at that kind of play, and like I even think it's kind of overlooked now, but also like it's going to in the future as well. Um, but that was that's why the Braves paid Austin Riley what they did. Like that was about. Yeah, that was just a that was a brilliant baseball play, but I still, to me, I got to go with the Michael Harris catch as like the most important part of that play, just because. I mean, if he doesn't, then we're talking about a tie ball. If he doesn't catch that, we're talking at least a tie ball game, and possibly maybe even if he whiffs, could that be an inside the park homer? I, I, I mean, valid question. I don't know if that necessarily would be the case, but like, like in order for that Austin Riley play to happen, Harris needed to catch that ball. And I think that was like the key part of it. But all around the Harris catch, the rally backup and everything about that play symbolizes why the Braves are such a tough out. And in order to beat them in a five game series, in a three game series, in a seven game series, whatever it is, you're almost going to have to be perfect. And the Phillies are going to have to be perfect. Aaron Nola is going to have to shake off some previous postseason struggles. The bullpen, it it rolls deep, but it also rolls deep with guys like Jeff Hoffman and Orion Kirkering, who just made his MLB debut like two weeks ago, which like when it works, we get to scream as loud as possible, like Orion Kirkering. And when it doesn't work, you're like, that was rookie Orion Kirkering in the biggest inning of the season. So it's on the players to perform. 
I have faith in the Philadelphia Phillies and the infrastructure there, uh, which apparently is led by Kyle Schwarber. And so if you want to win, you might as well throw some money at Kyle Schwarber, even if he hits 190. Um, but yeah, there's certainly a chance that uh, we look at the bullpen and we're like, oh, it's a bunch of green dudes. It's like a bunch of rookies. Oh, that makes sense. I understand why the Braves won games three and four. Uh, but you and I are both riding with the Phillies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. A uh, little bit of housekeeping, a couple things to wrap up before uh, we go. Some odd stuff throughout the game of baseball this week outside of the postseason. The New York Mets, who wish they were here but are instead uh, shaking up the front office right after we went live last Thursday, Billy Epler uh, resigned from his position. It seemed like he was excited to continue under David Stearns. Uh, no hard feelings. Hey, you know, you're going to take over baseball ops. I'll be your GM. I'll be your, your worthy lieutenant. Let's talk strategy. All of a sudden, he's gone. It turns out he's under investigation for improper manipulation of the injured list, something I'm fairly confident Brian Cashman does. If anybody wants to earn a cookie, they can go look into that. But I feel like a lot of people improperly manipulate the injured list. And so then it goes to who's the whistleblower here? Who's got it out for Billy Epler? What is this really about? How much did Steve Cohen know? And when did he know it? Uh, probably all of it, but that's okay. Um, what, what exactly did we just watch here? Like what, what I I'm saying what we know, but nothing I'm saying really makes sense or adds up. No, it was, (laughs) it was really bizarre when that news broke, um, or when the Mets announced that Epler was, was resigning and immediately it didn't pass a smell test. And so you knew something had to have happened because when David Stearns was hired, it was clear, like, Epler, he wanted Epler there. He wanted him to be their their GM. And by all accounts, from everything that I had heard, is that Epler and Stearns were close. And all of a sudden, he resigns. And it's because of the the use of the the phantom IL or, or whatever. And you wonder who the whistleblower is. I know there's a lot of theories about a certain someone um, about possibly telling Major League Baseball about that. But... Um, I don't know. I'll never speculate on who, who, who does that kind of stuff. Cause I think that's just kind of, kind of reckless, but, um, it's just really bizarre. And I wonder what's, I wonder what Epler's future in baseball is going to be like after this. Uh, could he possibly go back to being an agent? I don't know. Um, but so there's something, something just doesn't pass the smell test here, man. I, I don't know. I'm continuing to have tech conversations and, tr- and trying to figure out exactly what it is, but I wonder if there's more, but, by all accounts, it just appears like it's the Phantom IL thing. Yeah. Um, and also, and here's another part that I want to mention here too, is the Mets still are trying to figure out 
who or if they want to have a GM under David Stearns. And Stearns, obviously, like, he's got a lot of connections throughout baseball. He was in Houston and works with some other people there. Uh, he was in Milwaukee and worked very closely with um, a bunch of different people there. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if some, like, this is just me speculating. This is not sourced or anything. I want to make that clear for all the aggregators out there. Um, I wonder if they could look at either Matt Klein, who is the Brewers, I believe their director of baseball operations, worked hand in hand with Stearns in Milwaukee and two are very close. And I know, I know those guys think very highly of one another. Um, and I wonder too, if you could possibly look at a guy like Ray Montgomery, who was a high ranking executive in Milwaukee now is the angels bench coach. And I still think one of the front runners to be their next manager, um, could he possibly go to New York and be moved back into the front office? If, if he doesn't get the angels managerial job, I don't know. Um, just me speculating there, but I think those are two names that at least could make some sense. Again, not source, just an opinion, but wanted to throw that out there. Well, they both better stay far away from the Phantom IL, um, which I assume is an injured list full of phantoms, ghosts, and ghouls uh, for this Halloween season. <laughs> this is the worst time to put ghosts on the Phantom IL because they are going to come back and haunt you in like three weeks uh, like they haunted Billy Epler. So uh, bad, bad job there. Uh, make sure that your ghosts and ghouls uh, are aligned with the plan before you put them on the Phantom IL. Um, speaking of completely bizarre, though, um, am I the only one to think it's wonky that the Astros fired an assistant GM and a farm director after game two of the ALDS? I mean, I know that those firings had nothing to do with performance. <laughs> Nobody was reacting to Pablo Lopez shutting down the lineup and being like, we got to get the scouting director out of here. But just another little bit of weirdness, like there's always something going on in Houston. doesn't matter how prosperous they are on the field. They could be getting ready to fire James Click behind the scenes of a World Series champion. And it just strikes me as like more wonkiness. Like there's always maneuvering going on there, even during what's supposed to be the most important month of the year. Oh, for sure. And it, it makes you wonder, and I'll do the old Brian Windhorst. Yep. What is going on in Houston? Aggregators. Uh, <laughs> um but I, I will say with Houston, the timing of that was really bizarre. And you typically never hear of teams firing or letting go of front office people during the postseason. That's typically done like either in the offseason or like right after the draft. Um, and the fact that they did it now, I wondered, like I'm, for the positive spin, I wondered what, because I believe their contracts were expiring at the end of the year. I wondered if they were just letting them go early just so they can have a head start and going to other places. That's just, I don't know, that's something that I thought as a possibility. Um, but it's really bizarre timing, and I don't necessarily get it uh, in, in that fact. And I know that Dana Brown's going to want to want to have his own people in that front office. And he, like, he started that process last year. Uh, he hired somebody away from the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. I believe it was Russ Bove. Um, it was a special assistant GM or he's, he is going to, or he is a special assistant GM now or a special assistant to the GM now in, in Houston. Um, and, um, I think that's clears up room for him to do that process or start that process again. And here's another one too. Here, here's some more dot connecting for you, Mr. Weinrib. It is so Sarah Goodrum was, who was let go by the Houston Astros here previously worked under David Stearns in Milwaukee 
and was extremely highly thought of. Um, it's why she was hired by the Astros and what was a big promotion. And I know she's extremely highly thought of in baseball circles and also by David Stearns. And I wonder, with Stearns now in New York and the Mets needing someone else to run their farm system or um, in a key part of that front office, I should, or a key part of that front office, I wonder if there could be a reunion there. Just not connecting, just speculation, but I know Stearns likes her. And yeah, I wonder if they could end up uh, teaming up again in New York. There's uh, a lot of dots floating around waiting to be connected, and they all seem to lead back to Flushing, Queens, at this point in time, uh, unless they are Shohei Otani-related. And, uh, yeah, I guess that Los Angeles Dodgers are intent on starting their offseason nearly as early as the Mets so that they don't lose any ground in this offseason dot-connecting race. Uh, Robert Murray, great show as always. We're putting some premature obituaries together for teams that I didn't think we were going to be talking about until next week at the earliest. And we're just probably a couple hours away from doing a full Dodgers offseason deep dive uh, on Thursday's episode, which makes me sad. But we will be live again Thursday. Uh, Same time you're used to holiday weekend cut into everything this week and moved us off of Monday to Tuesday. But right back at it Thursday, 3.30 Eastern, like y'all remember. Um, and hopefully we'll have a couple more series decided. But, um, yeah, you're right. Like you talked about earlier, every single CS, all the matchups possible are exciting. We just might not get the teams we anticipated and we couldn't plan for it, and that's okay. It is. It is okay. It's, it's, what, makes ball, it's what makes baseball so great is how unpredictable it is. But the series aren't over yet. A lot of ball games left. Well, the crazier things have happened for sure, but – Sure looks like for Thursday's episode, we're going to be talking about the Dodgers and the Orioles' obituaries on the 2023 season. And uh, what a wild time that will be, if that is indeed the case. But I know, Adam, I appreciate you. Justin and everyone else in the comments, we appreciate you as well. Joanne, producer, we appreciate you. Um, Yeah, we'll see you on Thursday, Adam. See you on Thursday. Bet365 is a sponsor today. Baseball in is the promo code. The Discord doors are wide open as soon as the show ends. Come join us there. Become a member on YouTube. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in either of these O2 teams coming back. I don't have much faith in uh, anybody derailing the momentum that the Texas Rangers and Diamondbacks have shown for now until potentially the next round. Robert's going with the Rangers and Phillies. I'm going with the Astros and Phillies rematch until proven otherwise. But we shall see. We'll be back Thursday breaking down everything that occurs in the 48 hours between now and then. Until then, see everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.